Welcome to Spirit Speaks, where angels and non-physical beings of pure love share their wisdom, perspectives, and tools to help you in your life. I'm your host, Lisa Virtue, and I channel spirit by allowing them to use my voice to speak directly to you. I'm also an energy healer, where through personal, customized sessions, I facilitate your transformation to your most amazing self. Spirit has been working with me for over a decade, and in that time, I've been witness to many miracles and life-changing moments. I've experienced a multitude in my own journey, so know firsthand what truly is possible. It is our desire, Spirit and myself, to support you in living your most authentic, beautiful life. Welcome to Spirit Speaks. What is spirit? Spirit is that essence that's inside all living beings. And everyone has a different way of connecting to spirit, be it with spirit in the angelic realm, with the spirit of plants or animals. My special guest today has really honed her ability to connect with the spirits of animals. I'd like to introduce you to Anna Twinney. Welcome to the show, Anna. Hello, Lisa. It is a true <laughs> pleasure to see you and to talk to you in this way. Anna, you have a very long list of titles because you're very accomplished. Certainly, animal communicator is what we're going to mostly be talking about today. But you're very well known as, as a horse whisperer, as an equine specialist. You have that way of bringing in the communication and this demeanor that is very uh, nourishing, connecting, wholesome way of being into all the things that you do. And you're a Reiki master as well. So I believe all of that comes into play in all aspects. Maybe you could inform all of us of different aspects of your life and then we'll see how that all came to be for you. It pretty much is like that. There's many hats that I wear and individuals that would be looking in from the outside might think that there's too many because you're looking at the animal communication, the horse whispering, and the horse whispering alone includes foal gentling and stands and colt starting and you name it. And amongst it all, there's a lot of life coaching. So the mere fact that any time we're around horses, any time that we're around animals, there's going to be things that they can impart, messages that they share. The fact that they highlight our strengths, our weaknesses, they highlight our inner core. And so all too often when we're around them, that we see a part of us that hasn't been either awakened or indeed it hasn't been talked about is another way to say it. People can shy away from their innate gifts. They can shy away from even believing that it's true to talk to the animals. And so taking the horsemanship further, because it's the horses that really opened this path and listening to the call of the horse. You said it well when you said listening to spirit, because the whole piece of my life and how it's developed and unraveled before my eyes has been about listening to the horses, not, not the people necessarily, and not necessarily the opportunities that are available to me, but instead, does my heart sing when I hear of an opportunity? Do I need to go there because I know that I am called to go there for the horses and to then be their advocate and be their voice? All of it ends up tying in together for the fact that natural horsemanship, as it's so well known, is about body language and her dynamics and behavior of the horse. But if all we did was focus in on how they move and how they interact, we would miss a substantial part of their language, the one that's silent, the one that's inside, the one that we feel, that we sense, the one that we perhaps hear a voice or have an inner knowing. And if we put that to one side, we'd actually miss the piece that speaks to us so wholeheartedly. And it's I call it capturing the whisper, and hence horse whispering is a great term because we're looking to capture the whisper in the eye. We're looking to capture the whisper in the movement, capture the whisper within us as well to recognize that these animals are talking. It's not its not a, just a hunch. It's not just an intuitive hit. It is their language. 
Do you find, and I'm not sure if it's possible to know this or not, but the horses amongst themselves, do you think that they communicate in this type of way as well, like with telepathy, I guess you might call it, as the humans will connect with them? Is that part of the animal world or are they just so attuned into body language? What's your experience tell you? Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great question because I found over the years that everybody wants to know that. Everybody wants to say, are they connecting, communicating this way? And wouldn't they already be doing this? No, not necessarily because under stress and under extreme strain, they can't necessarily connect just like you and I. So where we may be able to connect with a girlfriend or we have a child, a lover that we're really close to on a good day when life is going well it's far easier to connect than if we are fear-based and the same with the animals i found that a mare can call her foal back through her heartbeat she can call a foal back through a little nicker but she could also in effect call them back by sending a message they can connect with one another and yet if we wean this very same foal and you hear the mares and the foals crying not being able to see each other wouldn't they be able to talk they're not able to that stress and that situation and circumstance out of their control will impede them to be able to get that very same connection and so therefore any animal if they're getting lost or they're going into surgery if they're fearful of transitioning if something disconcerting is happening if they're in a high stress relationship partnership in a lesson i don't necessarily believe that they're able to hear and that's come also through experience where you look at them to go but do you remember you can connect and just like a human being where we come in and step in and say do you remember this is your innate gift we're doing the same with these horses do you remember you can but you've got to find the stillness within and often nature will override that with the circumstance that they're faced with there and then in that moment. That, that makes complete sense. Certainly as a human, when I'm looking to connect, for me it's with spirit usually, but it can be with animals. I have to be calm and I, I need to take that time to settle myself and remove the distractions and find a peaceful place. And then that can happen. But if I'm out and about and you know, stressed in the day, it's not going to be right there. Right. So why wouldn't it be the same uh, for others? That Thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's important because I've had it with a client. She once asked about a racehorse and she said, could you connect with my other horses in another, another state? And perhaps they, he could teach it. And I thought, that's an interesting concept. Why wouldn't they have done that themselves up until this point in time? Well, sometimes they can't. They don't know how, they wouldn't know where to find the individual. So just like you and I, I feel like if we're trying to connect spiritually, it might mean that our belief system could stand in our way to go, you know what, I wouldn't know where to find her in the whole universe. So if I believe that it could stop me, or if we're attached, that's another one, Lisa. We're attached mm -hmm. to that outcome to say, my heart's so invested, that can block an animal too that their heart is crying there. They are so concerned that perhaps that family member has been sold or ended up being rounded up or even gone to slaughter, such a high number are, and accidents happened. And if they are invested with a heightened emotion, it's not going to happen necessarily, right? And then, you know, on all this we talk about, you never know the exception to the rule. You never know the miracle. You never know that. I had one years and years ago. It's funny you said years ago. Talked to this Premarin filly. And Premarin stands for pregnant mare's urine. Funnily enough, it became a Canadian-based piece where they would harvest the urine from a pregnant mare for hormone replacement therapy. And in those days, we go back 20 years, there were 50,000 mares on this pea line. It then got transferred to Canada their numbers got reduced, et cetera, but they're still probably 10,000 a year. So a big industry that women could stop using and go plant-based. And so therefore these babies would be byproducts. I remember being asked to connect with this beautiful pink filly. And I will never forget where she showed herself 
in a feedlot. She was being picked by somebody, but she was different. She stood proud. She looked out into the distance. Her head was not down. She hadn't given up hope. She hadn't lost herself. And it was unusual and unique to go, here's a little foal, no more than six months of age, perhaps a year, standing there like a concentration camp. Why was she okay? And upon connecting with her, she showed getting off the trailer at her new facility with her head up, bright-eyed, like she just got off the bus or an airplane. And this was the punchline. Her mother had told her. Her mother had told her she was going to be okay. It brings tears to my eyes because it reminds me of some awful movies of concentration camps where they had said, you can be okay. And the children don't know anything about them. They're okay. And they're happy and they're playing. We know, but they didn't. And the same with this filly. She came out, head up high, her mother had told her she could manifest anything she wanted to. She walked out bright and cheerful. She knew she was on the right trailer. She knew she was going to find the right home. And that had stuck with her. And that hope that had been planted set her up for success. And maybe her mother's voice was always in her head. And maybe in her heart to be able to say they couldn't connect once they left each other. It would not have necessarily been possible if they couldn't necessarily keep track of each other. But the connection in the heart and that overall message stayed with them for life. Stayed with them. Mm. Which was wow. always amazing to know that yes, she connected with her just before she left. And it wasn't body language, right? It wasn't that kind of you'll find, you know, nuzzle on, go up that ramp. It wasn't that. There had to be something more. And that was one of the biggest lessons to see, yes, they can connect on a telepathic level. Wow, I love that. That is so heartwarming. And I'm, I'm sure people are wondering by now, how did you come to be able to have this connection with animals? I'm sure there's many who would like to do so themselves. But if you could tell us your story about where you started and how you got to this place, Maybe it will give us some hope and inspiration that more people can do so. It, it actually may give them hope to hear that this was not something I was born with, like many will claim were in, in the gardens and in the woods. And I was that child for sure. Yes, I'd be gone eight, ten hours a day, but certainly not remembering that I was connecting with the animals on that level. I grew up doing traditional horsemanship, learning all the ins and outs of science. And it wasn't until I was in California, so I'd left England, went to California, and I was training as a horse whisperer. And I was running incredible classes with national and international students for a really famous horse whisperer. And suddenly, I'd get the odd vision. It would be surprising. It would be in color. It would be a still still picture it grew into movies but in color and it was so bright and so startling that you had to pay attention to it and it, my first one was a racehorse and I won't forget because I remember standing by the stall going I can see the jockey's colors I can see the message she's giving but how strange it would be to walk up to the trainer and, and ask a question basically or state I've just heard from this horse, so I didn't. I would do more of an inquiry <laughs> to go, did she used to have these colors and what kind of jockey um, was riding her? And I put more questions in to go, this is interesting. Suddenly things are coming to me. I didn't leave it there. I did look to study animal communication. I found a lot of individuals that were either a little too out there for me that would say, just sit at the tree, you'll connect sometime. And I'm thinking, sit at the tree, you're working with an overactive mind here. I ain't sitting nowhere. And just feel it. That wasn't going to access it either. And so I had to begin to learn. For me, I learned for me to say, how can I quieten my mind? And no matter what everybody with great passion and compassion would say, to say, meditate, breathe, go quiet. None of that worked for me. And then it'd be very easy to feel like a failure. But I didn't. Mm. 
I had a great career. I was very good at what I was doing because I'd worked my, my backside off. And everything I've done in life has been blood, sweat, and tears. It hasn't come easy. It never has. I'm not the one with the spoon in my mouth where you were born with it. It, it wasn't me. So, so the animals started to talk. The horses started to talk. And I believed these impressions were coming through. I backed them up because I needed something more. And it wasn't that I'm a doubting Thomas. It was more, it's very important to me that if I'm going to step into this power, if I'm going to give a voice to the voiceless, which has become one of the slogans, that it has to be real. And I became very fast known to be the animal communicator known as the real deal for the fact that I, it can't be great. It can't be generic. For me, it can't. It has to be precise. There has to be conclusive pieces behind it. And why? You know why? Because everything for me is that why. Why does it? Because they have to be taken seriously. And the only way to make change is to know that it's real. And for people mm -hmm. to see that she couldn't have had that detail without connecting. That's the way you facilitate change. Not necessarily by coming up with something generic as they like their head collar or she likes the pink bow and her food is fine, food generally is fine. And so if we're going to come up with food, let's describe the food, why it's fine. If it's going to be something like a hog, let's describe the color that's no longer generic. But for me, I quickly got known as not only the real deal, but the depth. And it's been very deep, very quickly, very deep to say, let's look at the, the whys behind this. Let's look at what's causing the biting or the barking or the bucking. Let's look at even a correlation between not just tack fitting or pain related, because a high percentage of behavior accident would be paid. It would be going deeper and even deeper and even deeper. And how many layers can we peel away here to get to the core of it? And that's beautiful for me because I think it's it's very easy for individuals to say you can become an animal communicator in a weekend. Great, we'll connect. everybody will connect in a weekend. Everybody, and there's your, your inspiration and your hope. Everybody that comes on a course, we're unlocking the innate gifts. We're searching as to what they love and their passions about. And so you do different exercises for that. They'll all connect. And the skill level really would be to get to the depth to realize you're wearing tons of hats from being a coach, from being a guide, from talking to them on the other side, ultimately a medium, then you're bringing lost animals home, helping a vet diagnose, giving that voice to the voices, looking at rescue situation, looking at mirroring. And so suddenly we're asking to change the hat and for that, it takes experience. So, wow, okay. <laughs> um, I love that, that you, in your experience, everyone connects in that first weekend. Uh, in fact, that's where we met as I took your Yes, you First did. weekend of communication, and uh, and of course it was successful, and I've been able to utilize that, so thank you very much. But I'm wondering how you develop that precision, because it isn't that everybody is able to be that precise. Uh, you've really developed that, and without giving us the whole course, is there anything in particular that is involved in being able to develop that? Um, yeah. And I, I think it's a little bit personal, Lisa, because depending on the individual, so for example, when you receive information, let's go with this, when you receive information and somebody gets a picture, in a short period of time, it will become a movie. And if you're engaged in that movie, for example, you've got this little movie in front of you, you learn to look left and right. So now you're expanding your vision from what's in front of you to left and right, perhaps. So now you also add to it. So you watch the movie, and now you want to sense what's that movie saying? So what am I seeing? What am I perceiving? And what am I sensing? Quite different, really. So I might be seeing, I might be seeing a horse moving, for example, and I can see them floating with an extended shot. That's what I'm seeing. My perception is, but he's quite talented, he's a lot of horse, and he's majestic when he moves with an incredible rider. That's my perception. And I'm sensing he wants to go far. 
So that's another perception. So it's sensing. And it, once you get into what am I seeing? What am I perceiving? What am I sensing? We're expanding. Now, with that, we could be looking at, is this the past? Is that the present or is that the future? And we begin to expand what we're seeing to sit with it long enough to go, that's the current time. I'm feeling it's the current time. But there I see he wants to go to the Olympics. So we're going into all of these questions to one little clip, left, right, up, down, past, present, future, sensing, perception, etc. Now we can layer that. So that's the first piece, right? So we, we start with how do you receive it? What does it mean to you? And then you layer it. And then you can read between the lines too. And that could be part of this sensing to go, I'm going to read between the lines. But if I step back, the reading between the lines isn't just what I've said. The reading between the lines is, what's he really saying with that? And this is how we expand our knowledge to go, I want to know what he's saying. Not just what I'm receiving to pass along to you, but I'm interested now. He's got me interested. What are you really saying with that clip? And now we're involved. We're engaged and we care. And all of this allows us to expand the knowledge. And it will come in good time. That's the thing. You can't force it. So everything that I'm saying there is true and it's real. And then the other side of this is we have to simply allow. You're not going to be able to look left and right if it's not your time. But if you never mm. are in truth to, you wouldn't think of looking left and right. If somebody doesn't educate you, you wouldn't think that this could be the past or the present. And so there's a degree of education involved to say, you know what you've got there, now let me help you interpret that. And let me help what's possible. I'll let you know what's possible with that one clip. Because if you really showed that horse a ton of interest to go, oh my goodness, look at you float when you move. Or I might say, I don't know if I could sit that dude, you look incredibly majestic, but you look like a lot of horses. Now we're engaging with him. And he's likely to expand upon that to go, you think that's amazing. Look at this. <laughs> and now we've got a dialogue going, which is the, the really cool piece. So it's not a simple receptionist or a secretary to come back with, great, we've written it down, but perhaps we can engage and show more interest. And that will spark their interest. I Just thinking about as I was developing, connecting with, spirit or, or tuning into people, particularly channeling, there's a, a measure of trusting what's coming through to be able to, to get more. So if you, if you don't believe it, that you're going to cut yourself off as well, like, like narrowing the door so that you can only see this much and anything here I don't believe, so I'm not going to get it. I think through practicing and validating, you can start to open that wider and wider and feel more comfortable in, okay, what I'm getting is a thing and it's not my imagination and trusting that. So I know for me, that was sort of a, a big hurdle. And, and it's huge because I feel like there's two kinds of people. One kind of person feels that everything is information and no matter what you tell them, nope, it's all information. But the issue with that is, before you walked in the door and learnt it, what was it then? Was it imagination or was it a memory? You know, so it hasn't suddenly become animal communication just because you've learnt that that exists. And for integrity reasons, it's so important to realise one could be a memory, one can be preconceived ideas. It could be that you're manifesting that, i.e. it's a creation in your mind. And so it's so important to identify the difference to make this real. And that that's the integrity involved with individuals to come back with, I'm going to deliver the information in a manner that is digestible and at the same time be open to have a dialogue with the person. So come from a place of confidence and trusting and yet not from a place of this is it and I'm not wrong, but being open to say, okay. I'm, and one thing that I say is I'm English and I use words that perhaps Americans wouldn't use. So just because I describe it a certain way doesn't mean your animal presented it that way. These are my word choices. And I will say, bear with me on my word choices because it's mine. I'm seeing a movie and this is what, what I'm putting towards it. And generally speaking, they'll always understand 
everything you say, but I've also found that I need to say, do you understand it? And does it mean something to you? Because people's mm. perception of the word, you understand it, that they go, yeah, I understand English. Yes, yes. So then I come back <laughs> with, does it make sense to you? Which means if you're receiving the information well, can you place the information? And that's right. really important as well. Yeah. I was taking a look at some of the videos that you have online. And uh, because I'm currently in Costa Rica, I was looking at uh, some of your Costa Rica videos including you have several sloths and toucans and and there's this adorable little baby sloth and you were offering your, the perception that you were getting so i remember you were saying that you were feeling something kind of in the sinuses area and then sometimes that might go towards the lungs but not always but if it did it would happen quickly then that's what you were that's what they were showing you that the, the sloth was showing you and when you asked does this make sense to you? This is what hit me because it seems very like so validating in what you perceived is she said, yes, they'll either it just had or it can aspirate milk when they were feeding it and it would come out the nose. And if it came out the nose, they would often have aspirated it into their lungs as well. And so and see, you can't yeah. even all of this, Lisa. That's the big thing when when I've got my skeptics on the end of the phone and I look at that to go, I'd have to be a behaviorist, I'd have to be a biologist, I'd have to be a vet to know all of this. And occasionally people will say, they come back and they go, well, I Googled it, you couldn't have known it. And you, and you think, do you think I sit at the computer for eight hours Googling all of this to deceive you? And why? So it's exactly that, the information that comes, you couldn't make up. You couldn't because it's so specific. And for me, I feel it in my body. And so when you're describing that, I'd have to describe it because I feel it. And then you'd have to put words to it to go, okay, I'm feeling this sensation and I'm feeling it in my lung, although it's never been in my lung. And what does that feel like? And just the other day, I had a very new one too. I was doing a session without getting into great detail, but the dog was experiencing, oh, IBS. That's it, IBS. And so it's irritable bowel syndrome. So you can imagine that, that you're sitting there going, I think I'm just experiencing IBS. First time in my life. And you're going, okay, that's what it feels like. I know that what tummy feels like, I know what intestines feels like, but I had perhaps never felt this motion. And so you're putting words to a brand new motion that you're experiencing too. And that takes time to feel your way through it. You know, mm -hmm. every know every disease and every illness and every situation and you're putting words to a brand new situation especially for a sloth right to go <laughs> exactly how much do you know about sloths and yeah <laughs> limited and then just a little little individual and i think that was b-rad and b-rad must be fairly famous now because b-rad was on my video and also coyote peterson had filmed ah. a little role with B-Rad, so probably becoming one of the most famous lots out there. <laughs> well, for those listening in on the, the radio part of this show, uh, there will be a link to that, but I've put up some video over top of us so people can see <laughs> the cutest sloth in the world. What I enjoy hearing about your description is how it really connects perfectly with my experience in all of the, the energy healing and the work with with people, spiritual work, connecting with spirit, but tuning into, you know, when you're doing a healing for a person, feeling what is going on within them, even if you haven't ever experienced it yourself, and then trying to put the words to that. And that took me quite a long time to develop as well, is what is the vocabulary for this sensation? And so what I'm hearing from you is being similar it takes time, it takes practice to start to associate feelings and just downloads. Uh, I'm not sure what word you'd use for it. You had some good ones at the start. Because most of the stuff doesn't come in words, certainly at the beginning of learning these things. And so if you're you're feeling something, what what is that? And then you're interpreting. Yeah. And so I, so I think this is as you're saying, to be accurate and not just being vague. Right, and words have so much 
power and meaning, Lisa. That's the thing. As with you, whatever we say, there's individuals that that bank on that information. It's so meaningful and they'll act on it. And it's so important to me, no matter what we're doing with the animals, whatever I share is going to be acted upon. And mm -hmm. if we're in a dire situation here, however which way it's been presented, that animal's life is influenced by what I've done and what I've said. And so therefore we have to be accurate. And in the delivery. So there's another part to this as well that I emphasize a lot, which is learning to receive and feel it and and choosing carefully, but also realizing the delivery. There will be animals that are quite stern, animals that are bold, animals that are shy, grieving, guarded, you name it. And there will be individuals that aren't ready to receive. And if we de deliver it in the wrong way, it's going to go on deaf ears. Or we deliver it wrong and they're going to be insulted or hurt or upset. And that's a direct consequence with the animal. So for me also, it's important. I don't get to see people because 90% of what I do will be over the phone and not necessarily videoed or Skyped. It would be on the phone. So therefore, we're not watching facial expressions and not looking at facial expressions to concur or to feed off of. But in fact, my sessions are done with my eyes shut so that I don't look at individuals. I don't need to, to get pulled out of my session and feed off of they're doing but instead it's important to stay the course for the animal because I'm here as an intermediary as a linguist for that animal and it's important that the way I deliver is received in a manner that's digestible for the individual to process really really important too and sometimes I don't feel that we're I don't feel we're put in a position as confidant so it's not that the animal is confiding in us, but they are delivering their information. And sometimes we might need to soft it, make it a little softer, because if that animal is really bold, and I had this years ago, where it would be a list of, well, she does this, 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 and this. She rides unbalanced, and she balances off the rain, and she causes me to do this because of her inadequacies. And you look at it and go, you know, that poor client cried and said, I should stop riding. Well, you shouldn't stop riding. You should take this on board and realize your horse feels comfortable to share it with you and is trying to help you, although the manner in which she's doing it isn't kind, but let's soften this a tad to realize you're doing the best you can. And that's also part of the communicator's job is not to belittle or make somebody feel guilty, but in fact, they're here to, to be helpful. They're here because they're seeking advice. And so therefore, the way we deliver it, there's, there's three people in it, right? For you too, it's spirit, you and the person. And for me, it could be spirit or the animal and the client and myself. So for myself, um, when I'm working with animals, I find, and I, I'm not sure if it's because of my intention is, is a healing for people, and then they sometimes bring their animals for healing as well, remotely. But I often see that the animal is has either you know come to help that person or by living with them is taking on the person's issues. Yeah. So so often, you know, what comes from the animal turns out it's all about what's going on with the people, and so that can be a bit awkward sometimes. Usually they're ready to hear that because I've warned them. But does that come through with you or are you focused in a different way? No, it, it's very common. And the the style for me, again, is important because I feel if I were to simply share this, this is you or this this cat is peeing because of you, people aren't ready for that necessarily. They They feel it's pain. Well, they feel that of course there's something wrong with the animal they're marking and so when I deliver it would be important to me to also do the what it isn't and so for example there was a cat ping just the other day and he was very descriptive to give details and it's this detail that makes the rest believable and so to give the detail to say yes um, yes I was castrated late but no I'm not marking because marking is a spray and I am peeing. I am not 
spraying. And then he added a ton in to come back with, I've been to the vet, I'm perfectly fine, I have regular health checks. I am not competing with my brother. We get to go outside and inside. There's no competition here. So food is plentiful. I get to go out. I'm not jonesing to go out. My role in the family is to be the comforter and to be kind. So he gave everything detailed to realize there's no reason for this cat to be peeing. He gets to go out. He has everything he wants. He has a role. He has a purpose. And her big thing was, I hear you on all of these points, but he was castrated late. So he must be marking. He came back with that piece to go. Marking would be in the house if I pee a little spray against wall. I'm not spraying. And then he was very deliberate to go, I peed on the countertop right in front of you. A big amount of pee on the countertop. And so that's when I had prepared myself to deliver it, to come back with he's sharing you're not leaving, leading a life of passion. Potentially you're in a transition and you're feeling lost and depressed. And he's telling you by peeing, getting your attention, that you're in a stressful situation, I can sense of stress, but you're not happy. And he'd given more info to go, hubby comes and goes, we come and go, we are all happy coming and going, you're not. And it only then could it even be believable for her to come back with, wow, I get that, I understand that. Doesn't make it great or nice, but at least she could, could really look at all the other areas to go, this makes sense to me because I can validate this. I, it speaks to me. And that's the important piece with the animal communication, I feel. If we only bring out it's you they're mirroring, then the client doesn't necessarily have the questions answered in relation to mm -hmm. dog, horse, cat behavior, and they might need all of those answered. And once you've got those answered, then they're open to hear that it's about them or that they've taken on the physical, emotional, mental aspect. And just as a kind of segue into the other areas that you work in, as you were saying, it's all kind of one thing. The work yeah. you're doing with the horses is very helpful for the people. Um, yes. Can you go very. into a bit about all that work you're doing with horses and the humans? Absolutely. And it starts... It starts from the very beginning. So it doesn't matter if I'm working with the military and the veterans, if we're looking at working with beginners all the way through to advanced professionals. If I'm working and I was fortunate to go and work with a Chinese endurance team, Sheikh Mohammed staff. So it will vary from your backyard owner, backyard breeder to quite a famous racehorse, etc. Anybody and everybody that we're looking at training. And the first thing for me, the training is to give this voice. It comes back to give the voice to the animal. And in training, it would mean, let's look at what's caused this, the why. Not how to react, but look at the why. What's this individual trying to say? And it gets lost in the horse world, Lisa. People are looking at, if they bite, do this. If they rear, do this. If they're running, do this. But why can't we look at the why? Can we look at the pain? Can we look at lifestyle choices? Can we look at incorrect handling or nutrition? Let's look at the why, which is a huge aspect. And so anytime that we're handling horses as well, we're looking at us inside. We're looking at going inside to go, who am I when I approach that horse? Am I totally goal-driven? And it doesn't even mean that we perfect it. We have to look all the time because we can change from day in, day out. And even if we get better at it, we still need to be mindful to go, okay, what's overriding this? Is time overriding it? Is it my mindset? Is it fear? What's going on? Is it constantly checking in with us and not thinking it's a given, I've mastered that, move on. And so for anybody that comes into class, the first thing is to check in, really to check in, to go, let's quieten our mind, let's quieten ourselves and look at the intention. What intention? If you're intending to catch a horse, they're probably going to run away from you for the mere fact you're coming in, halter, I've got no time, let's get this done, and you're staring them in the eye, so now you're doing the wrong body language anyway, but your energy's off. You're coming in to be combative. And we constantly look at ourselves to say, anybody 
can be smooth and kind when life is peachy. Anybody can. And when everything's going well, we can all say we're really good at this. And the writing's really on the wall when one, nobody is looking. Who are you when nobody's looking? And who are you when it doesn't go right? And which part of you comes through at that point in time? The courses that I teach are unique, and they're unique in as far as it's not mainstream. When we're gentling wild fold or gentling fold in general, gentling wild horses, looking at intuitive riding, a lot of this is about how am I carrying myself and holding myself, and what am I thinking at the time? Because these individuals, not only are they sentient, but they're picking up on your emotion and their mm. thoughts. So imagine this, this very body language or this very language I'm teaching, this horse or this animal is a master. They're going to read the body language when you approach. But if you're not aligned, we call it congruent, and so your body language, you've learned how to move, but your mind is absent, they'll read the mind. And so it all has to be congruent, and that means we need to be congruent with the emotion, the emotion of happiness, the emotion of content, the emotion of being relaxed and not pushed or the emotion of being strong and firm and direct but certainly not forceful and so they're reading body language but they're reading the eyes and they'll read the eyes because this is the, the whisper and the window to the soul to go who is this person underneath and I teach my students you only have one first impression only one you know make it a good first impression because you can never get that first impression back and that means pause and breathe. And what impression is this individual getting from you? You, you know, are you too bold, just too excited? Because I, I hate to take the excitement out of it, but at the same time, if you're too excited, that could cause concern for, for any aggressive wild animal. So you've got to really check in with yourself to go, what is it I'm trying, what am it, is it I'm trying to get out of this? But at the same time, how am I being perceived? And being honest, right? It comes back to honest. Being honest with yourself. Being honest with you. I can do this and I'm being honest and I'm doing it for the individual, not, not for me. And another beautiful saying is, how can I support or serve you today? And that's a foreign thing in this world because more often than not, people are walking in going, I'm going to attack up and I'm going to do this today. And, you know, I pay the bills, and so therefore I want the ride. And you look at it all the time. I want this color. I want this age. I want this breed. I want this discipline. And I don't blame people. They're working very, very hard. So definitely no blame. But at the same time, how can we make this a marriage of, of the minds? And we can do that by going, yes, we're saving or serving you. Yes, we're supporting you, the animal. And how can we make this congruent and safe that everybody's getting something out of it this isn't about the master we're the master and the servant it really is about we're in it together you might not choose today to come out but how can i make it that you do get a voice how can i make it pleasurable for you? how can i recognize your personality how can i recognize your whisper? what kind of support do you need from me and it's that roundness the alignment the correct energy and being authentic with oneself and that that for me is the animal communication as well all of its alignment it's horse horse whispering but it's animal communication to to be totally real with yourself and what an amazing lesson for human to human experiences as well if we could be that conscious of ourselves and do that work to become aligned any relationship with any being, any species is going to be so much better and easier because humans can read when you're not authentic, animals yeah. can read when you're not authentic, and there's you know certainly less conflict when we are able to find our own alignment. Right. Uh, just briefly, we have to wrap up in a moment, but you're just reminding me when I first was at the beginning of my spiritual journey decades ago, I, I had a bit of time to work with a horse and I was green, I never hardly had seen too many horses. And I was shown just in a brief moment in the round pen that I had no confidence. And that was such a gentle horse, but certainly the woman who was helping me was 
just helping me see that in myself. And I mean, I knew it, but it really was evident. I couldn't ignore that the horse was responding to that. And just every interaction with the horse was so informative for what was going on within me. And the horse was very lovely and lovely and loving. And then the lady knew the horses very well. And she could even tell just from sitting on the horse and walking how my body had a physical, you know, my hips weren't aligned. And I didn't even realize that, but turns out they were. And she could tell just by how the horse was responding to me sitting on it. So there's so much depth of things that we are oblivious to that's available through working with horses. And I, I think you have to come to it with an open heart and, and able to receive as well as, as I liked how you were saying, to be at service for the horse and not they're not just there for you. Yeah, I think that's and the, this piece that you're saying, when we come in and we do life coaching, and of course it's for you, you're learning to ride or you're mm-hmm. learning and having a life coaching session, it is for you. But how do we partner that that horse is taken care of? Be that that they have a cleansing later or be that they don't need that, but they want to romp with their friends, that they benefit to. So they're not just simply giving. And these guys will give so much, so much. They, to their detriment, they'll give. And the beauty with it, because what, what I heard in what you said there too, the beauty with horses, unlike some other species, will be that it doesn't matter if you're a beginner, they'll show lack of confidence. Say you've never been around a horse, but they'll do the same with somebody around the horse. So you don't need to know horses for a horse to be able to reflect a message for you. It's got nothing to do with the fact that we have CEOs or veterans or first responders come in and say, well, I've never been around a horse. Doesn't matter. They can be exceptionally confident and it will come across. And that's the glory working with horses because they're flight animals, they're going to go deeper than if you've worked horses. Since you're 18 months of age, I've had a woman come to me and she's in her 20s. I've worked them since I'm 18 months of age. Well, they're reflecting a lack of confidence. So this has nothing to do with your skill level of handling. They're still reflecting a lack of confidence in yourself. And that for me is the beauty with horses. They go to the core, no matter what your planetary experiences they're going to support completely honest yeah yeah you've got nothing to hide <laughs> and i really enjoyed this time we've had together and i wish we could talk for another couple of hours but we're going to have to wrap it up maybe you can just share with us ways that people can get in touch with you and any uh, resources that you have available so that they can go further thank you so we recently published a new book I, I wrote beyond the barn one and two and beyond the barn two has some really lovely animal communication stories one is Bowie, a racehorse who was whinnying to the to the people on the bleachers when they were talking to him and he was losing his races and the animal communication session brought him around so he could actually win which was really important he did and so there's all these stories in beyond the barn and it's 22 years of evolution so coming into natural horsemanship from more of a traditional natural horsemanship standpoint taking natural horsemanship into telepathy and energy that's what the book is about and so people that are looking to evolve or have always felt that they're a little different with their horses or know that intuition plays a part great book for it because they're nearly all horse stories we do have reachouthorses.com that is the the website don't be confused by it because although there's horses in the name it also covers the animal communication which is fantastic and so we do have virtual events live events online events, you name it, in animal communication and some exciting pieces because we have a mentorship program. So people that are looking to really delve deep for a year, we have about 175, 200 hours worth of materials for them to learn animal communication. No matter who you are, how deep you want to go, how little you want to experience it, we cover the gamut for individuals to learn how to talk to the animal. And are you also available for private sessions with people or have you gotten so busy now? 
sometimes you, you say it well because once the touring season begins then I can only take emergencies when I'm not touring right now when I'm at home I, I love talking to them that's the thing of is your life carries you away and when you start writing books and doing DVDs it gets more challenging but it's so important to me I could tell you story after story of the lives saved and the behavior changed I wouldn't want to give that up. So yes, I, I try very hard to keep that going, Lisa. Thank you so much for making some time to chat with us today and letting people know what this is about and, and that this is available and that they can do it too if they really want. Yes, they can. Open the heart, silence that mind and connect. And it's called a language of love, Lisa. It's the language of love. Mm -hmm people connect with the heart and it's a language of feeling and emotions and we need that now more than ever is to go and feel again and connect to nature and you're the best part of the world to be connecting with nature i don't think there's anywhere better than when, where you are and and it's beautiful to carve out that chapter in your life to do that and i'll be back because I went to Kids Saving the Rainforest numerous years to help them and it's an incredible non-profit and I feel very blessed to talk to the wild animals there. Well, hopefully we can connect when you yeah. come yeah. and visit Costa Rica. <laughs> right, I Thank you again Thanks. so very much, Anna. Appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening and watching everyone. Until next time. For information on my guests, and details of my offerings, as well as past episodes of Spirit Speaks and the show schedule, head to lisavirtue.com. That's L-I-S-A-V-I-R-T-U-E dot com. If you would like to talk to Spirit or create a deep transformation in your life, email me, lisa at lisavirtue.com. There's something so rich and wonderful in that personal connection that really makes you feel heard and known. I look forward to connecting with you, both personally and on the next show in two weeks' time. Until then, remember, live your authentic life.